Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining in on the Remnant Podcast. I am your very own host, Jackie Wade, and I want to welcome you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I want to tell you a little bit about this podcast. The Remnant Podcast is a podcast where we're going to expound on the greatness of God. We're going to recognize his power in our lives and give glory to Jesus Christ through our testimony. Also, I know some people may ask, what does the remnant mean? And so if you're asking that question, I want to give you an answer. Um, The remnant is a leftover amount of people. And although remnants can be looked upon as worthless, God assigns high value to those of his people whom he has set aside for holy purposes. He sets those aside and he labels them as um, the remnants. And you will notice that this is placed several places in the Bible. Uh, one of those uh, being specifically Noah and his family, as they were considered the remnant saved out of millions on the earth before the flood in Genesis 6. And only Lot and his two daughters survived the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, which was a very small remnant indeed, and that was in Genesis, the 19th chapter. So God's sovereign choice as to whom he will save can also be seen in the New Testament. And while the word remnant means what is left, particularly what may remain after a battle or a great calamity, of course, the most blessed remnant is that of the true church, the body of Christ, chosen out of the millions who have lived and died over the centuries. And Jesus made it clear that this remnant would be small compared to the number of people on the earth throughout history. Many will find a way to eternal destruction, but few will find a way to eternal life, according to Matthew, the seventh chapter, the 13th and 14th verse. So we who believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, can with great peace rest in the fact that we belong to the remnant. So here at the remnant, we stand on the finished work of Jesus Christ, inspired and led by the Holy Spirit to ultimately bring all glory to God and not ourselves. We declare and decree that lives will be changed, souls delivered, and faith will be preached and proclaimed as we declare and decree that we are kingdom individuals employed to speak into the earth realm and levels of dimension for which we have been granted the authority by God. Again, I want to welcome you. My name is Jackie Wade and I am the host for the Remnant Podcast. Again, if you're joining us for the very first time, I would love for you to get connected and stay connected with us by liking our Facebook page at the Remnant Podcast with Jackie Wade. That's J A C. Q-U-I-E, Wade, W-A-D-E. You can also look at, check us on Instagram at The Remnant Podcast. And then you can also connect with us on podbean.com, Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and Listen Notes. So I encourage you today um, to stay connected 
Uh, we're coming up on a year anniversary on July the 28th will be one year for um, the Remnant Podcast to have been going live. And so I want to thank all of you that follow us, that pray with us, and that believe God for us to reach those that are all around the country. We're reaching those in Australia and we're reaching those that are international in Canada. Um, I thank God for his message, his word that is being proclaimed. I thank God for the souls that are being saved through um, this podcast. So tonight's topic, I want to jump right into it. Tonight's topic is entitled Trusting God to Make Something Good. Trusting God to Make Something Good. And so when we look at the verse here in Romans 8, 28, which is our scriptural foundation for this evening, we see that it says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. I want to go just a little backwards in the scripture to Romans 8, 26 to 8, 29. And read that in its um, entirety. Um, 26 says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Thank you, Father, for the reading of your word. So when we look at Romans 8, 26, we see through 29, we see that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. My point for tonight with number one is I want to encourage you um, tonight to keep praying. To keep praying. The Message Bible says it like this for Romans 8, 26. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside us helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of wordless sighs and aching groans. Number two, I want to mention, I want to say, keep seeking God. In 827, Romans 827, it says, in the Father who knows all hearts, This is the New Living Translation. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So you ask tonight, a lot of times when we're looking to um, trust God, it may sound easy. It may sound uh, like it's something that we can just, like we can just do with, with, um, you know, hardly any emphasis, but trusting God requires your faith and trusting God. Um, a lot of times is done when we're feeling pain, right? When we're going through things that may not be so comfortable for us. And so a lot of times we're asking, where is this pain leading me? 
Where is this pain taking me? Why am I going through this? In Isaiah, the 43rd chapter, the 19th verse in the New, I, New International Version, it says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making the way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And so he comforts us every time we have trouble. So when others have trouble, we can comfort them with the same comfort that God has given us. In 2 Corinthians um, 1 and 4, um, that's our scripture where I just read. He comforts us every time we have trouble. So when others have trouble, we can comfort them with the same comfort God gives us. And in the Genesis, the 50th chapter in the 20th verse, NIV says it like this, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then we ask, what is the pain revealing about us? So when we go through and we're trusting God to make something beautiful, to make something good, the question a lot of people will ask is, what is the pain revealing about me? Well, in First Peter, the first verse, the, sorry, the first chapter, the seventh verse, the New Living Translation says it like this. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire, tests and purifies gold. Through your faith is far, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So again, it says it is being tested as fire, tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Glory be to God. Again, so we realize that a lot of times when we're trusting God, this is not an easy path. This is not a simple path. Usually when we're trusting God, it's because we're trusting him for something that, of course, we do not see or understand, which I mentioned earlier that our faith is definitely the forerunner, um, the forefront of trusting God. Now we ask, what is the pain teaching us? Right? So in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, the 12th chapter, the 9th verse, New Living Translation says it like this. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Glory be to God. And this pain is growing, is definitely growing us for us to keep trusting in God. It's growing us so that we can be conduits, that we can have testimonies about just how good God is. And we know, again, this is Romans 8, 28 and 29. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his son and his people in advance, and he chose them to be like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. You'll hear tonight with me referring a lot back to Romans 8 and 28. Like I stated, that is our highlighted verse for this evening. And um, 
And most of us have heard it all of our lives, almost everyone. Whether you believe Christ or not, you've heard of Romans 8.28. People quote it. It's one of the most highlighted verses in all of the scriptures. It's one of the most quoted verses in all the scriptures that I feel, but it's also one of the most misquoted and misunderstood uh, verses in the Bible. Yet Romans 8.28 holds this powerful promise that there's hope even when everything around us seems or looks hopeless. It's a promise that no matter what trial, we're going through, it will constantly whisper, there is a purpose in your pain, that there's no pain that can stop God's purpose for your life. And so when we look at all of the things that happens in our life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the painful, the joyful, the exhilarating, the confusing, the mundane, you know, the gut-rich and the miraculous and Somehow God takes all of this and he puts it together and he mixes it up like a good old baker would do making a cake and he makes something good and beautiful out of it. I want you to, if you have your Bibles or if you have your phones, just turn to Romans 8.28 and read it with me tonight. Read it with me on this eve today. It says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Let us pray. I want to pray this evening that there's an opening of revelation and an illumination as we go into the word of God. Dear God, I thank you that no matter what we go through in in this life, that there is, even though there's so much pain, there's so many difficulties and trials and problems, but through everything that we go through, Romans 8.28, your promise continues to echo in our hearts that there's a purpose in the pain. And so tonight, God, I thank you. I thank you for each person that will listen to this podcast that it may be going through. Lord God, and as the topic says, we're trusting you to make something good, that no matter what we go through, that you have a plan and that there's no problem that can derail your purpose for our lives. I pray right now for everyone within the sound of my voice that you will let them know that you know what they're going through and that you have a plan and that you're going to see them through and you're going to bring them out into a wonderful place, into a place that when they look back, they're going to know that it was only you. And that most of all, you're going to provide. So tonight, God, help us really to experience Romans 8.28. And Lord, it's been misquoted so many times and it's been quoted correctly many times. But in a trite way with no love behind it. So Lord, tonight, I pray that you help us to really grasp it and understand it. In Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So I want you to look at two words in Romans 8, 28. It says all things. It says all includes all. So all means all. And then when we look at, like I stated, Romans 8, 28, we see that it does get misquoted at times. Even where a well-meaning, you know, believer is, is coming alongside someone that is going through a trial, going through a divorce, going through a death. And we say, you know, a lot of times, well, don't worry, it's all good because all things work 
together. And so I want to say um, that with this verse, it doesn't say all things are good. See, there's a lot of bad in the world. We know cancer is bad. We know bankruptcy is bad. When we lose someone, a loved one, a husband, a wife, a child, a co-worker, a friend, an aunt, an uncle, whoever that may be, we know divorce is not good. So we know that there is so much in the world today that's bad, that's evil. And it doesn't say that all things are good. If we look at this, it says all things work together for good. Now, it doesn't say God causes all things because he doesn't. God doesn't cause bad. God doesn't cause evil. God is a good God. He's a loving God and he doesn't cause all things. But he causes all things to work together for good to those who love him. Romans 8.28 gives us this 100% assurance of this promise. It doesn't give us all that all of the answers that we may be looking for. It doesn't give us the roadmap on how we all things are going to work together. But it gives us all the assurance that if God is going to take everything and somehow he will make it into something good that brings glory to him and good in our lives. Now, when we think of um, when we bake a cake, right? And we think of all the ingredients that we may have to use to bake this particular cake. Each thing that goes into this cake, if we taste it separately, it may not taste wonderful. Okay, so we say a chocolate cake. If we really taste 100% of the powdered uh, cocoa, it's a bit, it's a bitter taste. If we have to, we know we may have to put cocoa in, we may have to put salt in, we may have to melt some butter, we may have to use some, um, you know, milk. Um, we may use, you know, all different types of ingredients. But if we were to taste each thing, of course, we use sugar um, as well. But if we eat each ingredient separately, it won't taste so good. It was. It wouldn't. It wouldn't give us the the um, summation of a chocolate cake, right after it's baked. But the ingredients together is working out a way better plan. Is is working out a, a a really good cake in the end. So, um, we got to remember, and I just wanted to use that analogy that we have to remember. A lot of times when we're going through life and things are not looking the way that we think they should look or feel the way we feel that they should feel. Those of us that love God knows that we can rest assured on this particular scripture. And we know that this is a promise that God will work for our good. It's amazing how God can take all of the ingredients of, of our lives, even the bad things. Um, like I stated, if we ate each ingredient separately, we know that it would not taste good. But God being this master chef is rolling all these things that we go through. He's rolling all these things with a rolling pin out on our character, out of our personality, out of our attitudes. And he's stretching us and he's he's getting these things and he's making it come together. And it's all coming together, even when we don't understand it's working for our good. So 
I just want you to realize that although Romans 8.28 has been misquoted, there's a lot of times that it has been quoted right. But it's not quoted with the right heart. So when I say misquoted, it's not um, based on the words. It's based on the content. How is it coming from the content of the heart? See, a big question that everyone has since God is a loving God and he's good is, um, you know, well, if God is all, all powerful, um, then why do we, why are we having suffering? If he's all powerful, can he stop it? And, and, and why doesn't God stop all the suffering in the world? Well, the Bible give us several reasons why God allows suffering in the world, but it doesn't give us all the reasons. Romans 8.28 gives us 100% assurance, but it doesn't give us all the answers, right? So one of the reasons God allows evil and bad in the world is because he's given us the powerful thing called free will. A lot of times, the things that we see in the earth, the things that we see going on, is, is a decision that people have made. See, God has given us the freedom to choose whether we want to follow him or do whatever we want, whether we love him or reject him. And God gave us free will because he loves us. Love is not love unless it gives the power to choose not to love. So God had to give us free will because he loves us and wants to give us the freedom to choose whether or not we love him back. But in that, we make simple choices that can be very destructive to our lives and to other people's lives. So much of the evil today in the world is caused by our sinful choices, by greed, by selfishness, by murder, racism, hatred and lies, lust, our sinfulness or sinful choices. It causes a lot of pain and evil in the world, but that doesn't explain it all, right? Like, like, like uh, some people will say, what about the natural disasters? Why doesn't God allow um stop these earthquakes you know earthquake hit haiti and killed thousands of people and it hit different you know countries and people um were devastated and i don't know all of the answers i want to tell you right now i don't know i've been with so many people at the darkest point in their life and i've even asked the questions myself why god i see some of the reasons out there but i don't understand them all and there are some things that I don't understand. I go, again, why God? Why did you allow that? And it makes no sense. But we need to admit that because one of the worst mistakes Christ followers make is when they come alongside someone who is hurting and they quote that Romans 8.28. And they quote it right and it's all true, but they say it in such a way that is as if they have all the answers for what God is up to. So I just say, even in the worst times you know even with tragedy hits uh even when things seems to really devastate us you know we just have to be mindful that when we quote romans 8 28 we have to admit that we don't have all the answers and there are some answers that we won't know until we get to heaven and then we'll know everything but we don't know everything down here on earth but again romans 8 28 assures us 100 percent it doesn't give us all the answers but it gives us 100 percent assurance and we need to be honest about what we don't know
Now, the good news is when I'm with people in the darkest moment and I don't have all the answers, all I'm called to do is be the love and compassion of Christ to them. And the word comfort in the Greek literally means to strengthen by being with. And that's how we strengthen others, by being with them in their time of hurt and pain. Um, to know someone else is in it with you or with, with that other person and to know that God is in it with us and the hurt and the pain is when we really see that we can comfort each other. You know, if you could have all of the answers and we knew all of the answers as to why we're going through what we're going through, if we really could know, you know, all the answers to why so much suffering in the world, if we could know all the answers, you know, we would, we would give those answers and one day we will know, but it wouldn't help us because what we need to know is that God is our comforter. And a lot of times we need comfort and we need healing from the hurt. I am not called to give all the answers, but I am called to point people to the answer. And that answer this evening is Jesus Christ and to be the love and compassion of Christ to them. Now, like I stated, I know the answer He's, is Jesus Christ, but we have 100% assurance that whatever comes into our lives, God can take it and bring it out and bring make good of it. God can take it and he can bring good out of it. That is the power of Romans 8, 28. I want to touch upon what you do in uh, the pain and the problems of life to really experience God's purpose. What are we supposed to do? And the answer is clearly given to us in the verses surrounding Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28 is kind of put in between uh, some powerful verses that most people completely ignore. But I want to mention that these verses are just as important. So I want you to look at these today. Here's the verse in 26 and 27, it says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And of course, here's 828, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Then after 28, there's verse 29. It says, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And in those passages before and after Romans 8:28, we see what we're to do to really experience God's purpose in pain it says number one keep praying keep praying the message paraphrase it says meanwhile the moment we get tired in the waiting god's spirit is right along right alongside us if we don't know how or what to pray it doesn't matter he does our praying in and for us making prayer out of wordless sighs and aching groans he's saying when all you can do in your pain is cry out to God or just cry, then the Holy Spirit of God in you as a Christ 
believer takes those tears and it turns them into words. A powerful prayer to our Heavenly Father who will answer those prayers. When I'm going through pain, many times I don't feel like praying. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't feel like talking to God. I have come to that place where that is okay. But what I will do and what I encourage you to do is to just sit before him and allow Holy Spirit to take those groans, those tears, whatever it may be, and he will turn it into powerful words, a powerful prayer for our Heavenly Father that he will answer when we do not know how to give those words out in the prayer. Right? So by the way, we want to keep praying. But when we're crying in prayer, it's called weeping. And that's when we align ourselves ourselves with God's purpose. We've got to cry sometimes. That's a normal response. We have to grieve. We have to turn to him, though. We have to turn to God and just keep praying. Sometimes it may mean you're yelling at God. Sometimes it may mean you're just pouring out your heart to God. And sometimes it's just, why, God? I don't get it. But God says, keep coming to me. The Holy Spirit will take those words and turn them into powerful prayers that I will answer. Keep seeking God. This is really important in verse 27. It says, and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. I want you to pay attention to the word harmony. That's saying that that is the Holy Spirit inside us praying to God, to the Father when we're going through pain. The very perfect prayer that God's going to answer that we need to seek his will in this situation. We need to keep asking questions, but not the question that we're always saying. Why God? Why God? Right? We need to know instead of saying why god we can ask where god where is this pain leading me god where is this pain leading me and god will often use pain to point us in a new direction do not forget that god often uses pain to point us in a new direction pain never leaves you where it finds you there is a purpose in your pain and that's why someone here today or someone within the sound of my voice needs this promise from god in isaiah 43 19 where god is saying to you today see i am doing a new thing now it springs up do you not perceive it am i not making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland god says i'm directing you into something new so a lot of times the pain that we experience it could be financial pain it could be a a pain in our body it can be a pain with our children it could be a pain in our mind it could be a pain that only god can deliver us from but he's going to use that pain to push you into your purpose when you cry out to him and acknowledge romans 8 28 as a way of promise god uses pain to redirect us because he knows we will never choose pain who wants pain no one is going around town asking for pain no one is asking to be 
um, their bank account to be on zero. No one's asking for their body to ache. No one's asking to have problems with their children. No one is asking to have issues in their marriage. But when it comes, we need to be reminded that God is faithful. He is not a man that he shall lie. If he said it, will he not do it? So remember the promises of God. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's a God of peace. He says, I'm directing you into something new. And God uses pain to push us into his purpose. God uses pain to redirect us because he knows we will never choose pain. We will never pray for pain. Right. We will be, you know, and so I want you to pay attention to that, that, that word now. It says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. This is really important because God says, hey, I've done something new and amazing in your life. Now I'm doing it. It springs up now. Don't you see it? It's like, no, God, I can't see it all because I all I see is the pain. Right. All I can see is the storms and the clouds. All I see is my bank account going on zero. But God. Middle of pain. He says, God is making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God is providing right now in your pain. Be encouraged, my sister, and my brother. We can't see it. We'll see it when he bring us through and he's bringing you and I through. He's doing it right now. He's doing it right now. God says, I want you to see that I'm using pain to propel you into your purpose. You see, see, you see difficulties. You see the problem. You see the obstacle. You see the issue. But God sees the destiny because he's driving. He know that if I put this before them. They're going to run after me. They're going to find that solution. They're going to go in my word. They're going to come to me in prayer. They're going to come to me weeping. They're going to come. And when they come saying and talking to me, I'm a very present help in a time of trouble. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. That's his promises. And a lot of people could promise us a lot of things. But God's promises are yea and amen. I want to encourage, encourage you tonight to stay before the throne of God. Do what it is you have to do. If that's crying, if it's weeping, if it's screaming, whatever it is, go before the Lord and tell him about your pain and trust God to make something good. Then when we look, by the way of 2 Corinthians 1 and 4, he tells us one of the purposes for our pain, he says, he comforts us every time we have trouble. So when others have trouble, we can comfort them with the same comfort God gives us. See, God never wastes a teardrop. Your tears are not going and dropping without any substance. When you go through pain, God can use you to help someone else that's going through the same thing. I'm telling you tonight that whatever you're going through, there's someone who's already going through the same thing. I'll tell you what you're thinking. I know that you're going through this. You're thinking I'm the only one that going that's going through this because that's what Satan will always lie to you about. He'll say you're the only one 
who's ever failed like this. You're the only one who ever been hurt so deeply like this. You're the only one who who can never be stay married. You're the only one who's going through this much grief. You're the only one who 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 uh, don't understand. It's just a lie, and that's why it's important to be connected to a Bible-believing church, a, a, a Bible-believing place of worship where you can fellowship with other believers and be strengthened. You can be strengthened by others' testimonies. The word says that we will overcome by the blood of the land and by the word of our testimony. And so we're here to help each other. We're here to comfort each other. You see, God uses pain and failure and problems to push us into our purpose. Remember when Joseph, he was being sold by his brothers into slavery because they were jealous of him? And, and there in slavery, slavery, he was falsely accused, thrown in prison. He was left there to rot. And I'm sure Joseph could have said, why God? So, Joseph may have felt the same thing, but it pushed him to his purpose. It pushed him to his destiny. The Bible says in Genesis 50 and 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then I want to ask, what is the pain revealing about you? Where is it leading you? Pain doesn't change us as much as it exposes us. First Peter 1 and 7, like I stated earlier, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire, tests, and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. He's saying that sometimes the pain tests our faith. It's a test of our faith. And so tonight, as I end, I want to pray. I want to pray for everyone within the sound of my voice that is going through pain. Everyone who has a hidden hurt. And I just want to pray right now that you let them know that even though you may not have all the answers, and you may ask so many times why. I want you to know that Jesus is the answer. And that God, you can bring strength and, and grace, comfort to them. Lord, I just pray that you would just bring healing, work miracles in relationships and marriages and in families. Work miracles in lives as only you can to draw us closer to you. To become more like you, Jesus. I pray for those who have never received you, that the pain and they may, that they may be going through, God, would just push them closer to you. Jesus, I realize that they and I need you. We need you more than anything to realize that you are the way, the truth, and the light. Father, tonight, we ask that if anyone asks or will want to know you and a pardon of their sins, that they will pray this prayer with me tonight, God. If you will repeat after me, 
as we pray this prayer of salvation. If you would love to invite Jesus into your life, that these promises that are in our word, that are in the word of God, that you can hold fast to them and you will see the promises of God come to pass in your life. Repeat after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you now for another opportunity that you have allowed me to come before your presence. I ask you now to forgive me of all of my sins. Forgive me for anything that I've done or anything that I have said that has brought shame to your holy name. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead and he now lives in me. Thank you, Lord, that I am saved and I will serve you for the rest of my life in jesus name amen hallelujah thank you for anyone that has just said that prayer you are now in the body of christ the angels of heaven are rejoicing right now i'm rejoicing with you glory to god and hallelujah we thank you for having a heart of obedience to follow after the things of christ listen your life will never be the same Will the enemy play dead and and not try to tempt you and frustrate you? Oh, no. Oh, no. But I will encourage you to do this. If you are not part of a Bible-believing, teaching church, place of worship, I encourage you to pray for one and to locate one. That way you can continue to walk in progressive salvation. I want to thank you tonight for joining me. And again, the topic tonight was trusting God to make something good and he'll do just what he say do i have all the answers no do your pastor may your pastor or anyone else have all the answers they won't but god promises are yes and amen which means like he stated in romans 8 28 be encouraged and know that he is doing a new thing be encouraged to know that the pain you may be enduring today may not be the pain you endure come sometime from now. For we know that God causes all things to work together for the good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Listen, I am your host, Minister Jackie Wade. I want to thank you for joining again on the Remnant Podcast. Continue to stay connected with us. Like us on Facebook at The Remnant Podcast with Jackie Wade. Follow us on Instagram at The Remnant Podcast, all one word. And then stay connected with us. You can like us on our YouTube channel, The Remnant Podcast. And you can find us on all of the other social platforms, Google Podcasts, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Listen Notes iTunes. And we look forward to having you join us again. Listen, be blessed. We love you. And may God continue to bless you and bless you indeed.